This is an RNZ podcast. It's been a relatively eventful few weeks for Elon Musk. The world's richest man bought Twitter on October 27 and promptly started unpacking a Russian doll of crises. One of his first moves at the company was firing half its workers. Then, a few days later, came the news that he may have acted a little hastily. Gemma, after sacking half of his workforce, it turns out he had to actually ask some of the employees back. Yes, and anyone hoping that the chaos would stop now that Elon Musk actually owns Twitter is probably uh, quite disappointed. Uh, for the rest of us, the circus continues. As he haphazardly took a buzzsaw to Twitter's workforce, Musk was asking its shell-shocked remaining employees to roll out a new feature allowing any user to be verified and get a blue check next to their username. Initial reports had placed the cost of that feature at $20 a month. That appeared to change after Musk got into a Twitter exchange with the horror author Stephen King, who said he wouldn't pay, prompting the billionaire to make an $8 a month counteroffer. As it turned out, setting a price point was the least of Musk's troubles. The scheme sparked a revolt among Twitter's existing verified users, many of whom changed their usernames to Elon Musk in an effort to point out one of the issues with allowing anyone to get verified status. Under Musk's name, with a blue checkmark alongside, they wrote tweets like this. I am a freedom of speech absolutist, and I eat duty for breakfast every day. Those are the profound words of comedian Sarah Silverman. Musk promptly announced that those impersonating someone without clearly labelling their account a parody would be suspended from Twitter, meaning Silverman and other users, including some with millions of followers, are now banished from the platform. At the same time, Musk was saying this about how the new verification system would function. The, the net effect will be, over time, that the, the verified users will be... Will, will pretty much always be at the top of, of comments and search, and you won't really see, you'll have to scroll far to see the unverified uh, users, which will be the bots and, and trolls and whatnot. Many people pointed out the more likely net effect would be that the site would be wrecked for a lot of people who would no longer be able to see comments from their friends who aren't verified. Meanwhile, those who want to harass people or generally be trolls will be able to do so far more effectively for just $8 a month. All these moves have resulted in a barrage of criticism for Musk from all corners of his own website and the media. And he's responded with a defence that could easily have come from some of the editorial leaders now taking aim at him. Being attacked by both right and left simultaneously is a good sign. That tweet from Musk sounded familiar to us here at Media Watch HQ, mainly because it has been echoed by a host of local media executives over the last few months. In a chat with Herald Premium subscribers in March, Weekend Herald editor Mariana Alexander responded to someone asking about bias. It feels about right to me when we get equal criticism from those from the left and right. TVNZ said something similar recently after its political editor Jessica Much Mackay was accused of bias for this throwaway comment on RNZ. We are encouraging him to try and um, do some more photo opportunities and people need to get to know him. When critics accused Much Mackay of giving PR advice to National's leader, TVNZ said her comments were misconstrued and that it's worth noting she and TVNZ receive complaints of this nature from both sides of the political spectrum, suggesting balance in reporting. 
Sinead Boucher of Stuff also used a similar line when targeted with accusations of bias recently. Here she is talking to us on Media Watch. And I just utterly reject any suggestion that we are either left or right aligned. But it's definitely not our job to keep politicians happy. And um, if people uh, don't like being held to scrutiny by our journalists, well, at least I know our journalists are doing their job. Now, to be fair to Boucher, she was responding directly to former National Minister Chris Finlayson, who had accused staff of being fundamentally left-wing and going easy on the current government, rather than making a wider point about editorial policy. But the point remains, the presence of criticism from across the political spectrum seems to be a kind of editorial North Star among our media leaders. On one level, it makes sense. It's good for journalists to be willing to annoy politicians of all stripes without fear or favour. Independence is a virtue. But there are also some issues with that line of thinking. Its most obvious problem is that being criticised by the right and left simultaneously isn't always a mark of impeccable fairness and balance. It could just mean that you're screwing up so catastrophically that your foolishness is now the subject of a makeshift bipartisan accord. High Elon Musk. The measure is also regularly criticised for giving rise to a kind of false neutrality. Climate coverage might be the most famous case in point, with the media for years giving dishonest or misinformed climate deniers a platform alongside scientists in the name of balance. Here's CNN presenter Christiane Amanpour summing up the dissent to that approach. Truthful, not neutral. There's a difference. Yes. Truthful is bringing the truth. Neutral can be creating a false equivalence. In other words, there's no immutable law saying the truth is located somewhere in the middle of the prevailing right-wing and left-wing views. Sometimes one side might be a bit closer to the evidence than the other, and if that's the case, it's not a journalistic obligation to annoy the people who are saying stuff that actually makes sense. As the old adage goes, when someone tells you it's raining and another says it's not, it's not your job to print both views, it's your job to look out the window. One place where that's particularly relevant right now is the US, where Republicans are welcoming a coterie of election deniers and conspiracists into the mainstream of their party. This is the MSNBC presenter Mehdi Hassan on how taking a pro-democracy lens should shape media coverage in that country in a way that might seem like bias to some editors. As a journalist, I'm not here to speak for a political party, but I am damn well here to speak for democracy, for free and fair elections, for voting rights. Sorry, there's no both sides when it comes to democracy. You can't sit on the fence or be neutral when our voting rights are under assault. I said it before and I'll say it again. As journalists, we should have a bias towards democracy. Obviously, New Zealand hasn't started lurching down a road to authoritarianism in the same way as the US, but just because our system is a bit more balanced, it doesn't mean Musk is right. It's not always a good sign if you're being attacked from the left and the right. Sometimes it just means you haven't done your job of looking out the window and checking who's telling the truth.